live from Spain, this is The Drive Home with Harry Waters. Hello everybody, good evening, good afternoon, good morning perhaps, good night. It all depends where you are really as to what it is that is good. Um, I hope it is anyway. Uh, so it is the drive home. Um, how's school going for you? In fact, here where I am in my village, my tiny village of Valencina de la Concepcion, we, we, there's no one driving home at the moment because they would probably be arrested. It is um, the Feria de Abril, which means the Fair of April. Um, funnily enough, as you may or may not have noticed, it isn't April. Um, it is actually in May. Uh, the the Feria de Abril does usually take part uh, place in April, but as most of our very tired, burnt-out teachers will know, the Easter holidays came very late this year, and the, the town fair usually follows a couple of weeks after that. So it's been uh, it's it's pretty hectic here in in Seville and around, and um, because it's been. A few, 2019 was the last time we had the town fair. Um, and I must say, um, we've, we've been a couple of times and we're going again this afternoon. It is absolutely, it's, it's pack out. It's as, as they might say in Ireland, it's jammers. It's completely full. I've, I've never seen so many people take to the streets um, of of the city and then yeah, take over the, the recinto ferial, which means the, the ferrier area um, where they've all, there were just hundreds of thousands of people all of the time. And as I mentioned, there won't be any driving home because it's more or less a, a non-stop drinking session interspersed with dancing, uh, maybe the occasional trip to Calle Infierno, which means hell street, which actually also means um, where we go to go on the rides. So down there is a, a, a that's the place we're going to be going this afternoon. Um, and we're also going to, uh, our neighbour has a, a horse-drawn carriage, which are very popular at the fair. So we'll be jumping on that and uh, and checking out the the views and riding around and, and seeing how it is. I would recommend everybody check out the... Uh, the Seville April Fair. It is uh, an amazing spectacle, I must say, with people all dressed immaculately, never wearing the same dress two days in a row.
This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Michael Fabricant a Conservative MP for Staffordshire, who suggested teachers enjoyed a quiet drink in the staff room during COVID lockdown, during a BBC interview, has apologised. The Litchfield MP has written a response to the National Association of Head Teachers to explain that it had not been his intention to cause offence or demoralise anyone. Paul Whiteman, General Secretary of the NAHT, said the MP's words were wholly inaccurate and deeply insulting. In his letter, Mr Fabricant states, I thought it might be helpful if I make it clear that it was not my intention to cause offence, let alone demoralise anyone, as some have suggested, and I apologise if I have genuinely done so. I applaud the work of nurses, GPs, and others in the medical and teaching profession 
who worked long hours under difficult and sometimes impossible conditions during the height of the COVID pandemic to keep us all safe and to educate our children. We all have a debt to them which will be difficult to repay. In a lengthy and wide-ranging interview with BBC Television News, I explained that I was neither judging nor chastising the minority of nurses or teachers who chose to unwind with a few work colleagues after a long shift. Nor did I suggest they were drunk. I know none who were so. In England, the Education Secretary, Nadim Sahawi, launched his Education Sustainability Vision at the Natural History Museum on Thursday evening last week. £11,480 was paid to Taste Studios to provide the food, working out at £48 per head. A spokesperson said, The launch brought together individuals and organisations who can help us implement our strategy in order to galvanise support from them, whether through funding resources, driving public support and awareness, or encouraging youth engagement. The government said that it had to use a caterer from the museum's list of accredited suppliers. Staff were asked not to eat or drink at the event as they were there for work and not as invitees. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, last week I told you about security certificates and how the padlock is not a symbol of a website being secure, but the transmission being encrypted. This week we go a step further and ask how do criminals use this against us? They use something called a subdomain. Just as the prefix sub means below or under, the subdomain is a key to this scam and it can look legitimate to the untrained eye. Subdomains are a way to divide a website into more manageable chunks. For example, for TT Radio, a subdomain could be named Listen. This would read www.listen.ttradio.org. This could be pointed at somewhere other than the main website, for example, Podbean, and allow simple redirection for the user of the website. The issue we face is cyber criminals understand subdomain system and exploit it. So if I were to buy a domain called bank.com and create a subdomain for all popular banks in the UK or even the world, and obviously buy a security certificate, I could create copies of banks web pages on each subdomain and the address would read, for example, HTTPS, oh, it's secure, www.halifax.bank.com. The difference being you're now going to a subsection of my website, bank.com, which happens to be named after a bank. I now start a campaign of emails and texts with a warning to as many people as I possibly can. To make you panic and click without thinking too much, I also add a bit of time pressure into the mix. How does this sound? Halifax Alert, you've just paid Steve Woods £500. If this transaction was not organised by you, you have five minutes to log in and cancel. I'm even kind enough to give you the link https www.halifax.bank.com. From there, I collect your login details and empty your bank. Clever, innit? How do we stop this? Always contact your bank directly, not through a link that is sent to you. If unsure, stop and think. 
As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello. I don't know if you can hear me, Harry. You can, but I cannot hear you. <laughs> I could hear the um, the ads before and everything. That's better. So what's been going on recently? I'm just going to turn my sound off on my computer so I don't hear 8,000 Harrys. Exactly. There we go. Um, sorry about that. I don't know what's... That it's happened twice in two weeks now that my... After the adverts, my mic has just disappeared and it's got as if, as if by magic I, I'm no longer there, which, which as a radio show host, you kind of want to be there. It's, it's one of those important things. Um, exactly. anyway. Story so five for the other. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, I had introduced you beforehand, but I don't know if anyone actually heard my introduction. So, I'll, I'll, as you're here now, I'll let you actually tell us a little something about yourself, Gina. So, sure, so who, sure. who are you? Okay. Well, so first of all, thank you for inviting me to participate in this show. It's my first time, so I'm quite excited to see all the uh, the dynamics behind it. Um, so who am I? Um, I'm Gina Rodriguez and I am an ELT marketing consultant, uh, just born, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm, um, I'm based in Italy, in the north of Italy, in a place called Treviso. It's very small, but it's very close to Venice, who everyone knows. Um, yeah, so I've, I've been here for over 20 years now because I was born in Uruguay and so before coming to Italy I worked um, in Brazil and also lived in the UK for a while and then arrived to this wonderful country. So you were born in Uruguay I was you know the first time I ever saw you online and you know I found out you were from Italy from from speaking to you I was like Gina Rodriguez that is not the most Italian name I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Exactly. So yeah, therefore, so therefore, you speak Spanish, Italian, English. Anything else? Any other languages? Yeah, I speak Portuguese as well. 
because I I worked and lived in Brazil for four years. So, um, yeah, that, I picked up Portuguese uh, first by watching TV and then and then I had to learn it because I had parents. At uh, that moment, I was a teacher in Brazil. I was teaching English to children and teenagers and I couldn't communicate with parents. <laughs> so, um, so I had to learn Portuguese. That's uh, it is kind of a useful thing. I remember when I, I first came to Spain, I was um, not particularly proficient in Spanish. Would be maybe the word to say. I was I was terrible, and yeah, it was it was through those kind of parents' evenings that it really did make a big difference. I mean, there were other factors as well, of course, but yeah, that was one of those things yeah. that quickly came in and and really sort of helped out. So before we get into uh, Gina Rodriguez, ELT Marketing Consultant. We're going to get a bit more into Gina Rodriguez and her her journey through ELT. Um, right. <laughs> so you've mentioned that you worked in Brazil, obviously. Uh, you mentioned you were born in, in Uruguay. Uh, were you, where, were you, where were you from in Uruguay? Were you from Montevideo or I somewhere am, else? Yeah. Oh, when you say Montevideo, my heart beats, beats faster. <laughs> uh, when I was... Have you ever been to Montevideo, Harry? I have. When I was in Buenos Aires, I I, 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 I popped across. So that was only 15 years ago. Um, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. It, was, it was at the start of my ELT journey. So that was uh, back, when I, back when it all began for me. So, yeah, where did it all begin for you? Oh, good question. So um, it all began when I realised that I wanted to travel the world. Um, so, yeah, so I, I realized that the, the career I had chosen wasn't particularly traveling friendly, let's say. I wanted to be um, something that you always call um, agronomo. So basically you study uh, agronomy and you become an uh, ingeniero agronomo. Um, I'm not quite sure how you would translate that. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's someone that is uh, studies the, the soil and uh, studies also forestry and everything that has to do with plants and <laughs> nature. Yeah. And, and I guess an agricultural engineer. I, I don't yeah, know if that job exists. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's very. I mean, it's very kind of. Um, I wouldn't say common, but it's, it's quite natural to hear in Uruguay about ingeniero agronomo because. Uruguay has a lot of land and you know you raise cattle and crops and all that um, and so uh, I wanted to be one of them and uh, and it was very my dream was to uh, plant trees because oh, oh, yeah and uh, and then I realized that well it was first it was very much a man thing so my grandmother and my mom and everyone was saying, that's not for a girl. That's not for a girl. Uh, uh, and then I started going to university and like, I think that in a class of, I don't know how many, there were just me and another uh, girl. And, and, and it was kind of, and then apart from that, I mean, that wasn't a big issue, but the, the big problem was that I, I realized that I wouldn't be able to travel and to travel the world and work. Any, anywhere else so I thought well I have to do something that is like a passport to any other country and because I went to a bilingual school so I already uh, spoke English fluently um, I decided to start so I took a gap year started to um, 
to do some conversation to people that need it in English, right? And then suddenly I was offered to cover a teacher in a school. And I thought, oh, I really like this. So after that, I signed up for, um, for uh, training as a teacher uh, of English. And that's how it all began. And after that, I worked a bit in Uruguay, then I worked in Brazil, and, and then I had another gap year <laughs> and went to the UK. And in the UK, the problem was that... Um, well, there are so I, many problems in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, as a teacher of English, born in Uruguay, you know, um, in 1998. So that was a bit uncommon, right? And um, so obviously, my qualification wasn't recognised in, in the UK. So I found out that there was a shelter there. But still, only people born in the UK would do the CELTA. So I thought, I'm going to try anyway and apply. And I applied to different places. So I had an interview and a special test because I was um, from abroad. And, um, and I managed to get a place, uh, actually, in both, in both uh, schools. And then I chose to, to live in Oxford in the UK because it was cheaper than... I was in London at that time. It was... It was cheaper, it was easier to, you know, I could save on the travel card and all those things Yeah. <laughs> by living in. So that's how it began, you know. And then eventually you went over to, to Italy? Yeah, that's, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's funny because people often ask me how I, why I came to Spain. And, and it's also a fairly strange a story. story. <laughs> yeah, I think, well... Basically, when I was in Brazil, I, I like bridges, okay? I, you know, mm. I'm a fan of bridges. And while I was in Brazil, I saw a bridge in Seville that looked really cool. So I was like, I'm going to go and live there. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah, because of a bridge. And it's not even, I'll be honest, it's, it's a pretty cool bridge, but it's not like, I thought when I saw it, I was going to be like, wow, it's amazing. But I was actually more like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. But yeah, no, I've lived, I've been here for, you know, almost 12 years now. So that's the bridge, years. right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So It's not exactly the same story. <laughs> I'm guessing it's different. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit different. So, okay, I'm going to tell you then. Um, so when I was living in Oxford, then uh, I met this, uh, this guy from Italy. And he was doing a year of specialization in... Um, uh, orthopedics um, and so yeah we met and then that's how I ended up in Italy um, after a year and uh, I, w I moved actually he was from Milan but he was living in um, had to finish the, his degree in Parma so I moved to Parma and um, I started working there as an, as an English language teacher and I, I remember the first time I, I ever messaged you actually um I mentioned I can't remember what it was but you mentioned something about Taffarel now ah yes it absolutely blew my mind like you you <gasps> you taught a world cup winning goalkeeper you know this I is know, I this know, is exceptional know, well you know what how it happened so that I was teaching in a school right and I also had private students so sometimes people would phone me and because of word of mouth they would say so one evening <laughs> This lady phones me and says, oh, you know, I, I got your number. I'm looking for a, a teacher for my husband. 
And that sounded like a bit bizarre, we say. <laughs> so I look at the teacher for my husband and say, well, okay. And, and I, I say, yeah, and I said, I just decided there and then that I was too busy. I said, well, leave me your number, your name. And if I have a place, like, later on, I, I call you back. And then she said, okay, I'm Andrea Traffera. I was like, what? <laughs> because Andrea Traffera is his wife's name, right? I say, and then I say, but are you like Tafarel's wife? And she said, yes, it's me. I say, well, actually, I have a place. <laughs> I just double checked my diary just a moment. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Someone comes up to know how. It's a cancellation. Yeah. That's lucky. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was an amazing uh, experience uh, because I knew who he was because I had lived in Brazil for. Four years and, you know, being in Uruguay and seeing him also play football and all the rivalry between Uruguay and Brazil. So I was just overexcited. Um, no one, be- none of my friends from Uruguay or Brazil believed me that I was teaching him. <laughs> but I ended up teaching him, his kids. Um, but actually, actually, he never kind of learned anything because he was... He wasn't very much into having lessons. He was about chatting and then he would say... Hey, Guria, you know, hey, hi, girl, would you like some dulce de leche? I have some. Let's have some, you know, let's eat <laughs> something typically from, from Uruguay. Or things like that. You know, he wasn't very much into uh, doing English. And then Yeah, it's more wife, of a hobby, I guess. Yeah. But then, yeah, he said that, he told me this, I'm very good at playing football, and my wife is very good at managing all the rest. So she needs English more than me. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, and then I also, at some point, I was also teaching her some English because she had to do, con- I mean, more than doing the content, she had to negotiate stuff for him. Yeah. She was like his agent. So, yeah, that was quite interesting. Oh, that must that must have been really cool to, to you know, have that opportunity. It's, uh, it is amazing. But it kind of, it leads me also to uh, a little thing that's, it's weird as a, as a teacher, I know this, that, you've got your job, you know, you're at your school or your academy or something, but it is so often the case that if you don't have these, these private classes, these private lessons, then, you know, you can't really survive basically. It's, you know, there's, yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a tough business to get into. And I know as, as an ELT teacher, especially it was, it was really hard for, for many years to, you know, to make ends meet just because, you know, your contract's only nine months of the yeah, year. And yeah. so you get your, yeah private classes but you can't rely on your private classes and let's be honest how many people actually declare their private classes to the tax man I'd, obviously yeah. I did 100% of the time if you're yes, listening tax I'm man sure. <laughs> every single one of those private lessons was uh, reported for tax um, no, but it is really difficult isn't it it is difficult. It is difficult. Uh, hmm. It's an interesting topic, um, especially like 20 years ago, 20 something, you know, when getting students outside the language school was more about word of mouth, really. Like today, you know, you can use, you can market yourself on social media very easily. Uh, but like back then, uh, you know, it was really doing a good job in class and then hoping <laughs> that someone would pass your name on to somebody else, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. That Now, that 
it may have seemed like a strange question, but it leads us perfectly on to what I wanted to talk about today. Um, so you're an ELT marketing consultant, and we just mentioned this idea of, you know, having this kind of side hustle as a teacher, as it were. It, you mentioned it is easier nowadays, but first, before we get into how it can be easier, what is an ELT marketing consultant? Yeah, interesting question. Okay, so um, basically, um, it's being a person that works in marketing, and you know, marketing, you have the uh, generalist type of marketing, but you also have the specialist type of marketing. And when you talk about the ELT sector, it is a kind of a very specific, uh, I wouldn't say complex, but it's got its own own um, um, characteristics that make it special and different from other sectors like, like traveling or food or clothing, for example. So you need a marketing uh, specialist that understand the psychology behind the student, the parents, uh, what happens in a school. And so that ELT marketing consultant helps um, language schools, language centers, uh, ELT professionals um, have a bigger visibility online, but also offline. So not, not only online, okay? Online and offline. And in other words, it helps um, align both type of marketing so the offline and the online one because um you know when you think about social media um lots of people actually start doing social media and then uh they get super frustrated you know language schools how we don't get any results and uh, that's, that's a waste of time if you can if you start looking at it as a consultant so a consultant goes and looks and see okay so what are you doing uh what are you doing here what are you doing there checking all the points and you realize that they are not doing any marketing activity outside social media, for example. Mm -hmm. And what they are doing on social media is very much what they think they should do rather than based on data, like understanding what their objectives are or, for example, what their um, uh, students are looking for, um, who their courses can really help and that kind of thing. So it's... A consultant analyzes everything, puts in a strategy that goes a little bit beyond marketing. Actually, it goes into sales as well. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, and and it, it actually reminds me of of when I've worked at like language academies in the past. And usually, the the social media person, um, it's it's not often somebody that you know has been trained in in. Mm in social media it's, it's quite often somebody who doesn't have enough classes to fill their timetable so they say oh, okay yeah, yeah, you're yeah. the social media person <laughs> you do the social media so like they, it's kind of drops off there now I you know I know that I'm yeah. on social media a lot I'm not very good at social media because you know I, I wish I had more time but you know I, I do I do what I can and I could definitely do more yeah. um yeah, I mean, oh, you appear to have frozen. Oh, there you go, you're back. Yeah. No, I mean, le yeah. less is more in social, on social media because um, it's very easy to open different profiles and pages, but then you have to maintain them. And if you don't, or if you cross-post, then 
the, you know, the message you get across is not a good one. So it's better to be on like two or three social networks and do them really, really well. But yes, going back to what you were saying about a teacher finding that he or she needs to do social media, it's true. Okay, maybe it's someone in the team that is um, maybe has a page or something, and then the school owner or someone says, "Oh, you know, you can do this," and they think they can, and they so they post, I don't know, randomly, and that's just posting. It's not marketing because there's. Um, there's not a plan behind it. There's no objectives. Okay, that's what you really need. Uh, so it yeah. gives you direction, uh, and then you need to check if what you know if you are getting where you need to be. You have uh, you need a strategy as well. And I think you know I think I as just before wearing this hat as an EOT marketing consultant, I was a, an educational consultant. And that's where I learn a lot about sales, for example. And, um, and now um, I was, it was more sales than marketing, what I had before. Now it's more marketing than sales. But I have noticed that every single school or ELT professional or even publisher have had a small publisher as a client this winter. And um, the, the main reason why they don't get results is because um, uh, they also do all the part let's say let's suppose they do all the part of the posting and having a, an idea of what they want but then they don't follow up for example mm -hmm. and, and there's no um strategy or system in place to follow up and like last weekend i was at equals conference and i was you know saying just exactly the same thing like i, sh I had a slide that said the behind the scenes of social media um, so what happens when that person clicks on the website that you have on your profile and then it takes into a sort of um, journey or funnel until they get into your classroom, right? Exactly, yeah. So I, like, I know full well that, that I've done various bits and pieces that I need to do to, um, to be better on social media. But the problem is, so I, I have my social media presence or whatever, but... I keep getting work, which is kind of good, but it's also kind of annoying because the work isn't necessarily the work that it's not. I don't want to do the work. I'm very happy to have the work. I love the work. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I love I love mm -hmm. what I do. Um, but it sometimes takes away from the kind of renewable English side of things, which uh, I know if I spent more time dedicating to a proper strategy, you know, putting the proper time in to do that, then it would be you know, it, it would be successful. Like, there's, there's no doubt about it. It's not unsuccessful as it stands. Um, but it is that, you know, leaving the work that pays the mortgage to one side and dedicating the yeah. time to the other one. It's, uh, I don't know how ready I am to take that, that full-on plunge. And, and maybe somebody will just offer to buy Renewable English and everything will be great because I'll be a millionaire and, and we'll all be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it always happens, right? I mean, th things take time. They, they do take time. It's not, you know, they don't ha happen, like, overnight. So um, be patient. Be patient and working there. Oh, don't worry, think, yeah, I'm, think, I'm very I patient. You have a, a very good, uh, I can see you have a very good visibility, which is 
But Visibility, yes, on... but strategy, not so much. What I usually do at the start of the week is I plan out what I'm going to post. You know, I sit there, I make a plan, I have an idea of what I'm going to post. It usually gets to Tuesday and I'm on top of it and I'm doing what I want to post. But then it's like, oh, I've forgotten to do the stories for that or I haven't had time there. And oh, I was oh, going to do a reel, but I started the reel and then it turned into a nightmare or I posted the reel and a few of the things for some reason went wrong. So I just gave up on the reel <laughs> or or I posted like the other. So last week I posted a reel, for example, of Ali's top tips, which I post mm -hmm. Yeah, every week yeah, with that renewable yeah. English there you go and it you know it was brilliant it had like you know 4,000 views in in no time and I was like that's it this is the time I need to post at 10 30 in the morning this is it that's my I've been waiting and I've been analyzing <laughs> to see the best time the next yeah. day I was like yes I'm going to post the vocabulary video at exactly the same time and I waited till yeah. 11 o'clock I was like I'm going to go and check I'm going to have so many views it's going to be brilliant I went in and I checked I was like 11 views I was like oh I guess, you know, a bald 38-year-old man isn't quite as appealing as a cute eight-year-old girl giving ideas. So I was like, maybe there's yeah, my angle. Exactly. That, yeah. So, you, yeah, so two different uh, type of posts, two different topics, two different audiences as well. Uh, so that that's one of the reasons for, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, when, when I say strategy, uh, so, what, you know, and, and content plan is a different thing. So strategies... Um, like renewable English. So who are the um, the teachers, for example, the let's say people in general, okay, that would be interested in renewable English and what they are trying to um, to do, to understand, to solve and how you can help them, right? So that's something that needs to be clear. So for instance, this is in marketing, it's called um, your buyer persona. So so you need to understand everything about about them and so ideally you would have like three of them let's say okay depending on what product you have but, um so understand them like how old they are what they do uh, where they live uh, what kind of job they have and aspirations and challenges and mm -hmm. and these these um personas become kind of a you have to have them always in mind when you uh, when you are preparing content, okay? Because um, it's it, it can happen that we are so passionate about what we do that we tend to talk a lot about what we like, but actually <laughs> <laughs> only Me? about what we like. <laughs> Me never. I would never do that. Oh, that's just, whoa! Wow, that's <laughs> an outrageous <laughs> accusation. <laughs> But, uh, you know, or, or post about things you think that people will like, but actually has to be. So once you have a clear idea of those, um, of who those personas are, then uh, you start preparing your content for them. And you will find that, uh, yes, there's a lot of what you like and do that you will be talking about, but also you need to find what they also like and do and need help with. So it's kind of in between. Yeah, I have. I do have lists of things that I need to do instead, like you know, the, you know, the, the missing word things and stuff like that, and the meaning of it, and, and you know, a lot of things I've seen and post of. Just ah, oh, Canva takes me so long. I just, I just want to be rich enough to hire someone to do it for me because I'm not very good at it. But I could be better, and I know I could, and I know that that's what's going through the heads of of other people, which is yeah. why they need to to speak to people like you now. 
I just want to clarify, I didn't invite Gina on today for a free consultancy. That's not what I did. <laughs> um, it might seem that. Um, no, no, don't I, worry, I, don't I, worry. But uh, I think you are representing a large number of people, right? Um, and it's, it's also because another thing that happens is that um, technology and networks, they change all the time. Like, like it happens, like today I went into Facebook Business Manager and I found something that wasn't there the other day, for example. And um, so every, yeah, even Canva has its own things. I know they added, I remember last year, I think they changed a little bit. Like, it was an important change. It was like, oh my God, what is this? Um, so if you are doing this every day, it, you know, it has its challenges. So imagine someone that um, has an, another job and is doing social media as a, you know, um, as a way to support your own marketing. So it's not your main thing, right? So it's normal to have that. So um, now we're saying about strategy. So, I mean, I think that's important, the understanding the, the, the personas and the networks as well, because that, you know, um, it, it, I, I have seen things that I say, oh my God, it's, and I even wrote a, a blog article about it. Um, and to uh, illustrate, I, I used, do you remember Bridget Jones, the film? Of course. Of course. I definitely <laughs> haven't watched it? it loads of times. Wow, you know. I'm a big I'm a tough manly man. I don't love rom coms. <laughs> so I tell you what. So there's this uh, you remember when she goes to the, a, a wedding party and she's dressed up like a bunny, right? Remember mm-hmm. that? And she and because she got the wrong message. Anyway, so she was there and everyone was like, Oh my god, you know. So I use that as a way to illustrate like a, a, um a groovy Instagram post on a LinkedIn feed, for example. Yeah. Okay, because so it's true that sometimes you can cross post, but it's also true that the people in the networks will be different. I mean, depending on your niche, of course, but they, they tend to be different. Um, so you can use perhaps the same message, but with different wordings, for example, wording. And, yeah. and even the, the photo, maybe you might, change the graphics slightly and and if you have something that's really funky on instagram then uh on linkedin probably you need something slightly different okay <laughs> yeah exactly I, I i what i try and do is that like with my my linkedin i tend to do that as differently as possible you know there are some things when it comes to to teachers talk radio for example i usually advertise that in a similar way because i'm aiming for you know yeah, a similar audience um across yeah. the board but yeah, my Facebook and Instagram tend to be very similar, mostly because of the the, the meta business suite where you can uh-huh. put the post yeah, at the same time and it just saves money, you know, so it's, it's money, saves time. Time is money, so it saves money as well. It saves money, um, yeah. But yeah, for LinkedIn, um, I tend to, to kind of keep that, you know, slightly more, more serious. But what I've again found with LinkedIn is the posts that, that tend to generate the most interest, the most views, the most reactions, aren't normally about what I'm about. They're about other things as well, you know. So, you know, they're about exams at school and, and general educational trends, which is something else I know that you're you know, you're very up on. Um, I read your wonderful blog post about that, um, of course. Uh, so, yeah, the, these educational trends, where would you... Where would you kind of put those usually? How would you 
market the use of these these educational trends? No, that's that's a great question. Um, okay, so what happens is like considering that the market now is highly competitive. Okay, um, I can see that um, there's no way. I mean, you cannot. Um, think that you will survive just by making your prices lower, for example, because that's not healthy for your school or for your language services. So you have to have something that is different from, from other schools. And actually every school, if they analyze themselves, they, they, I'm sure they would find something that is very specific to them and they would work really well with some kind of courses or people. Um, so education trends. Um, they are a way to start offering courses that are different from the standard course that we have everywhere in every country. Okay. Um, so, for, exa for example, remember when we did the live chat, uh, it was a series of live chats I did, one with you and also with other ELT professionals like on mindfulness, I remember, on uh, educational needs. Um, and, um, and what happens here is that if, you know, if you start offering something like, a, imagine a workshop, for example, uh, where um, students um, improve their English through uh, mindfulness, or imagine you have, you have company courses and you bring in the topic of sustainability and having a greener mindset. Um, so in that way, you are doing something different something that is of help for them because they are uh, learning some not only English but something new and um, that they could use um, and in that way um, again you can differentiate that's the only way uh, you can even charge more because you do very exclusive or specific type of training don't forget that um, at least here what I have noticed that um, uh, people can, they already know English. It's not that they don't know English. Probably it's not perfect. Probably they don't have the perfect grammar, pronunciation, whatever they worry about, different things. But they already know English. And if you want to learn English for free, you have tons of videos and stuff that you can do online, for example. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there has to be something else so that people will come to you. Like in the future, okay, um, I, I don't think this the system as it is now will survive too much unless you add for, in, for instance employability skills mm -hmm. um, um, yeah you know other other stuff so that's why keeping an eye on education trends is as a director of the school or academic director of the language center it's extremely important i'm, I'm really glad yeah exactly i'm really glad you mentioned um mindfulness it's something that um I spoke about on the first of September, actually, on 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 here with with mm -hmm. Vanessa, who who is who is listening now. I, I've been doing Vanessa's course on mindfulness, and that is something that I I I strongly believe you know should be a part of of English learning, of language, of of learning in general. I think is something that really needs to be, you know at the heart of education really you know it's it's difficult for a british person because british people are incredibly sarcastic you know and and you know as you get older and somebody says you know i want you to to 
lay lay down and, and imagine you know feel the sensations in your body yeah. like as a british person yeah. the, the instant yeah. reaction of a british person is ha, 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 ha. But, yeah. you know getting beyond that is, is so important but this this idea of, of mindfulness in schools and mindfulness in in language academies it's just it's so good because when you are like in the moment when you're in the present and and you're connected to that moment you're you know your your brain is is more ready to learn you you know you're not stressed. You're, you're not yeah. thinking about the exam that you have to do you're not thinking about the homework you need to do when you get home you're not thinking about what happened in school you know you're thinking about there you're thinking about now and and i've noticed yeah. in my, in myself as well even after just three and a bit weeks of doing the course it's it's starting to make a big difference to to the way i approach my work um and in fact i'm very lucky because I'm coming over to Italy in the oh. summer and, and oh, I'm going yeah. to work. I am, I am. I'm coming over oh. to, to Rome and I'm going to work with, uh, with Vanessa um, at her summer camp. At the, and it's a, a mindfulness um, summer camp. And brilliant. I am so excited to, to that's, do it. That's and, brilliant. and then you will see for that school, that will be such a massive marketing and advertisement of the school without paying for uh ads for example so it's, it is an advertisement in its own so you it's a win-win situation because you know your students are gaining new insights and learning something new you're being bringing some benefits for them and then they will they will be talking about your school and that will be your marketing you see and that will be also food for your online marketing on social media and so on so for instance another trend is debates coding mm -hmm. okay all the thing about stem yeah um, and so like in summer comes actually is is uh, it's very important i think schools have a great opportunity to um to showcase how great they are in summer comes because they are a lot freer to do um different types of courses and they could easily uh, do that the implications though is that you know, you know, when you talk about this with uh, some school owners, they go, "Ah, oh, yeah, but we don't, we don't have the teachers to do that." Okay, so it's it's true, but you need to start thinking about um, specialists in this case, like you in sustainability or other people in other in other fields, um, and for teachers that are freelancers, I would say start thinking, what is you know what would you like to do what is a topic that is close to your heart that you can make it your you know mm -hmm. your thing and and have it um up your sleeve and you could offer you know um your your services so i think that's a really good idea and yeah. also i think when hiring you know like it's such an important part of of being a director or, or being a school owner when hiring Maybe, you know, you see that, that the people come in and, and they've got lots of experience, but perhaps they're not particularly interested in, let's say, the educational trend you're going towards. You know, let's, mm -hmm. let's, say, let's say they're not interested in sustainability or they're not interested in mindfulness. Like early on, you can see that they're not going to be the right choice for where you're working. So having maybe you don't have the staff in the moment, but having the staff that are ready and willing to, to learn about these different that's, things. That's um, key. Is, yeah, it's, it's so vital and I know how difficult that can be in ELT because there is the issue of you know yourself myself when we started teaching 
we did it because we wanted to travel. I mean, you know, it was, and that's often the case with um, particularly young, uh, young teachers who are thinking, you know, I'm here to travel. I just want to get out there and have fun. And, and so finding that, that perfect teacher can be really difficult. So in your role as a, as a, um, as a marketing consultant, have, have you ever worked with your, your clients to help them in that respect? So not just what they're teaching, but also who they're hiring. Not really about who they're hiring, but yes, we have had a look at um, who in the team have the, the right uh, personality or is ready to to go step um, ahead and embark on some new kind of training. Okay, uh, that's something. And also, for instance, uh, school owners asking what is that they could do differently. Uh, and looking at different trends. So, yes, that's something that has come up uh, quite often because they are really short of ideas and kind of... Then it's not a question of changing books. Okay? So changing books is not going to solve the problem um, if that's the, you know, uh, if that's the, the situation. Um, for instance, if you look at um, schools working in companies, for example, there's so much they can do. For, for example, public speaking, uh, you know so much about about it behind the scenes that you don't even realize and 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 um professional english students they need that all the time um yeah so it's it's something important not to be ignored and it is another aspect actually that um i always bring into the conversation if especially the school does um teens or, or children is parents because yes we, we tend to forget parents in the equation and they are key because parents Well, are, they're the stakeholders, aren't they? They're the ones paying the money. Exactly. They are the decision makers. Uh, they are the ones that will uh, decide whether to go with you or another school. And they want their best for their children and their teens. Um, so they will choose someone that can bring that extra benefit for them. At the same time, they need to be supported because um, that's my, my almost personal fight that I have. You know, parents, for some reason, people believe that parents will know and or um, especially parents of young kids, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, there is something to do on the platform. End of story. So I say, okay, no, I'm lucky because that's my world. <laughs> but imagine parents that have a different style or you know different job or maybe they're not even there to support their kids and sometimes with very simple um, um, initiatives you could support parents like a, a checklist a little tutorial in in the in the local language um, as a way to uh, to support them so they will be then happy customers that will bring other parents uh, to your school exactly and yeah there's the kind of added value as well because you know I, I know it's not the case with with, with all all um, language academies and language places but it does kind of stop at the students often and you know even so let's say that the, the students go home the, the, the remark the parents are usually going to have will be do you have any homework or maybe 
maybe what did you learn in class today? Like they might be the the two the normal kind of things. And and if that's all they're asking their 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 kids or, or you know or their teens, then yeah. as a language academy, you could be the greatest language academy in the world, doing the most wonderful things in the world, but the message wouldn't get across. And and something um, Vanessa said in the chat here um, is yeah that they are the it's communication is the key, you know, and, absolutely, and yeah. letting them see something again, you know. I hate to keep harping back to, to Vanessa's incredible story. Exactly, I don't hate to. I love it. It's brilliant. Uh, but something else they do there, um, like events where where parents can see what's happening. So, so yeah, this, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That this exactly Saturday, we, we've got a storytelling, you know, yeah. and they're these things that parents can see that they're there making the difference. They can see that they're there going the extra mile. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh that's absolutely, it's the best advertisement for the school. So, um, for instance, uh, I mentioned debates um, earlier, and um, now you've just reminded me of this school in Greece that um, I saw them at Equals last weekend. So they have a project on, on debating, and um, they start as more, like debating class, and then one class against the other class in school, and then one school to another school and then they grew grew and then they decided to and they said that when they had the the debates they would invite other classes right but then they decided to invite parents and when they decided to invite parents that completely changed the uh, everything the results mm -hmm. and everything um and it's so it's so you know powerful so and again it's but it has to be linked to something that has um in Italian, you say stuffa that is kind of substantial. So a good education pillar there. So as we said, uh, reading or uh, debating or coding, something that they can uh, practice their English, learn more, learn something else, and then show the parents what these kids are. I think then, yeah, not, the, the not, consistency. Not only kids, because we tend to talk about a lot about kids, but actually, don't forget, teenagers also. I mean, we, we can't, I mean, for some reason... You know, when these kids grow a little bit, we say, okay, fine, stop scatting out things and stop this stuff. Actually, they still need to be um, motivated for things. And, um, yeah, um, so getting them involved in activities um, that are educational, it's yeah. the way to go, I think. For I think one, one really good thing with, with teenagers, and it's something I've seen with the, the live classes, um, are like, you know, social media-based things, you know, if... Or at the very least, you know, videos, basically, you know, get your students making videos, get them involved with the videos. Again, that's another way your, your parents can, oh, hello. Uh, that's a way that the parents can see what they're doing, but then, you know, providing they, you know, they're, they're shared on a safe platform or provided they've all signed the consent form. These can then be, yeah. be shown, you know, on social media, they can be shared. And it's a wonderful way to you know, to, to get everybody involved. And it shows potential customers the like what kids can do. Kids and teens are, are super invested and they're really involved in it because it's what they do, it's what they know. And it's it's a real good way of empowering the teens. And Absolutely. that way they can show their parents, hey, look what, what I'm doing on my own in English. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
Um, after you've, you've just mentioned the giving consent to sharing uh, pictures, um, that's that's very important. Okay, but um, I yeah. can see. I mean, it's important, but it doesn't make it impossible because I can see a bit of resistance from um, language schools. I say, oh no, well, we can't do that. We cannot share because there are kids. I say, okay, but um, ask for you know you've got your forms. Ask for the consent from the parents. And they were like, oh, yeah, but they will, so, well, until you, you know, you need to ask. And probably one in 20, maybe, will say no. Uh, but also know from experience that after they see all the great things you start sharing, you go, oh, no, actually, I've changed my mind. You can have my kit on the photo. And also the way you take those photos uh, or do the videos is important. Because if you want to keep it a bit private somehow, uh, you you know you can just do things from a different angle. You don't yeah. have to show all the time the kids' faces. If it is something they're doing with their hands, you can you know you can shoot that. Um, or if they're at the board, then you can do it from, from the above. back. Yeah, exactly. and you you know you can from see above. the back of their head, and nobody knows what Bebe looks like from the back. Like, oh yeah. look, it's Bebe's hair. But yeah. another thing yeah. about social media is things. Yes, they're there forever, but they're also forgotten immediately. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. You know, there'll be a, a photo or a video will go up. Um, it will be on the internet forever. People will be able to go back and look at it in future. Um, but also, by tomorrow, there'll be something else there that everybody will be looking at. So, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's that kind of... It's got a, both ways about it. Um, and yet, in terms of teenagers, if you're not happy to have a teenager on on social media then they can be the director or they can be the editor or they can there are so many other avenues they can take and let the people be on screen who want to be on screen yeah and it's like it could be even a project in school that uh, or like almost an apprenticeship that (laughs) that you you know you say well you've got this 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 uh uh student that uh, are keen on helping and uh, it's the best material you can get because they are learning about it they're putting into practice and you know and you get a, a, a very genuine product so um, I would definitely say yes it needs you know it needs to be organized but it is possible so if you take it as a project it's 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 possible absolutely it's really good and that way yeah your you know your students are learning the parents are seeing what's happening and people outside the school, the, the academy are also seeing. It's like, it's not just a win-win. It's a win-win-win-win-win. You know, it just wins in every kind of aspect. You know, it's all of the winning. Because through through that project, you know, you can also, you can, I say, if you if you do it as a project, like as an educational project, you can, that could be an excellent opportunity to teach uh, students about digital footprint, for example, digital yes. well-being, you know, um, that is a particular learning by doing and, you know, copyright. Um, yeah. this, um, well, digital literacy is a huge thing now. Um, absolutely. And, it is and it's hard for teens. Digital. You know, it's hard because if I were a teenager, when, if I'd had social media as a teenager, I can guarantee you I wouldn't have got half the jobs I got throughout my life because <laughs> if the things I'd done as a teenager were on social media, people would be like, I don't want to hire him. Nope. What is he yeah. doing? Why is he yeah. doing that? And why is he yeah. recording it? Because I probably would have recorded it. You know, we yeah. often talk about the problem with teenagers is social media. No, not really. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, if we'd had social media in in our youth, we'd have done the same. 
Now, you know what happens is that um, it, because it just, you know, because you see teens on uh, mobiles, on devices all the time, again, there's this misconception that if they use it for communicating, then they will be good, they will know how to do things. And it's, it's a complete different uh, concept, right? So actually, they are not digital literate un unless you teach them to, uh, in the same way you teach other um, subjects. So um, you, you really need to bring that to class and discuss and show examples uh, to avoid problems as well, because then, you know, if kids are not aware of the dangers of the online world, then it's very easy for them to fall into traps. But then um, on the, some people will say, oh, you know, so, or parents, for example, will go, oh, no, I won't let my kid use this, use that, because it's too dangerous. But the online world is as dangerous as the offline world. But yeah. as a parent, as a teacher, we tell them what, how to behave in the offline world. So we also have to do that in the online world. Exactly that. Exactly that. Now, um, we've got a few minutes left. We've got 10 minutes mm -hmm. left. Um, now, you mentioned equals. I'm, I'm going to admit how jealous I, I am that I wasn't there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not hard for me to say. You know, I, I would have loved to have been there. I would have loved to have come over to Venice. But with... Um, with the next few weeks coming up, I think it was maybe the right decision to, to not be there. Um, mm. But also, if I was sponsoring myself, then I, I wouldn't have been able to afford it. But anyway, so you were in Venice in a face-to-face real-life conference with people. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, that was amazing. It's just like, it, it somehow it was surreal, I have to say. Um, <laughs> because after two and a half years almost, I remember my last conference in-person conference was in February, I think it was the 19th of February 2020 or something like that. And that weekend we went into lockdown without any notice. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and actually that that conference was in Padova and here in Italy, uh, there were two places where COVID started. One was in uh, Emilia Romagna and the other one was in Veneto, so near Padova. And I remember one of the speakers phoned me because I, I, I organized that conference. Um, I said, you know, so now what? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then, okay, all shot, everything shot. And then it was just webinars, webinars, webinars until last weekend. So it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and so, I mean, when it comes to presentations and all that, I mean, I would say it's not the same as a webinar, but very similar. But the way you leave the presentation, you leave the talk, and there is all this coffee and biscuits and lunches and, you know, social activities with the other um, participants. It's amazing. It's, like, it's not the same as chatting on a chat. On no, chat I, think, I think it's going to change a lot for me because, you know, I... You know, I spoke at conferences. I've been speaking at conferences since 2013. Harry, you don't look old enough. I know it's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been speaking at conferences since yeah, 2012, 2013. But but for me, it was all about you know, I'd go in, I'd do the talk, I'd watch the other talks, and that was it. And I, I hate. You might not believe this, but I really hated the kind of the networking part of it. You know, the lunch and that stuff. I, I'd always oh, really? go and speak to. I speak to the two people that I knew. That'd be it. And then they'd go off to speak to someone else. I'd be like, where's a corner? I need to find a corner. <laughs> but I know it's going to be different this time, but mostly because now I know more people. So now it's not going to only be the two people that I know because I know loads of people now. So when I go to a conference, 
I'm going to know people. I'm going to, I know you. Wow, you're much shorter than you look online. Like, wow. And that happened a lot last weekend. (laughs) Can I touch your face to see if it's real? Like, I think I might, you know, do too much awkward face touching when I get around to going to a a face-to-face conference. Exactly. That happened the other day. Like, oh, you're a lot taller than what I thought. You're a lot shorter. And, you know, yeah. Um, And and that's the, the, you know, the the amazing side of uh, online life. Like, you, you know, you meet lots of people on social media and webinars and, and, and you exchange messages and emails and then you, you follow them and then it's kind of you know them. And then when you see them in person, all that thing about getting to know a person is, is, is over. It, it, you know, yeah. it's, it's been paved away. <laughs> it's, it's all and, done, you know. It's, it's, yeah. you, your relationship is already there. It's brilliant. I mean, yesterday I met with another trainer from Pearson and the BBC's live classes and she came down and it was just like, I don't know because we know each other because we chat you know it is the second time we've met but like we it was just like just normal straight away and and I know that you know when so when I go over to IATEF well there's a lot of people I'm going to see there and it's just going to be instantly I know these people um but I am also I'm also going to one next Saturday it's called For Say and it's in um it's in Santander in the north of of Spain, um, and yeah, I'm I'm quite excited to be honest to see real people. My daughter's just come here. Can you come in, Ali? She's ready for the the fair, so I think she wants to show oh, you how cool. Yeah, my she daughter looks. is here knocking the door as well. Oh, there you go. There you oh, go. There she is. <laughs> there she is with her with her dress and leather jacket, always looking cool. Um, very nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm super excited about going back to face to face. Giant thumb pops into the screen. Uh, I'm really excited about it, and and yeah, I, I really love looking at the pictures and the and the videos of, of people uh, over in Venice. And yeah, it was it was that fear of missing out that came in. I know, yeah, no, no it's, it's, it was lovely, and I, I'm really happy. I went just because it's half an hour away from home, so I didn't have to take planes or book hotels, and and I thought I cannot miss it. It's just like on my doorstep so I need to go and I was lucky that I also had a chance to present there as well which was great um and yeah, you weren't so lucky just... you weren't lucky you deserved it because you gave a good abstract <laughs> and they thought it, it was a good thing to talk about oh, well, you worked yeah. hard and you got it let's not put it down to luck Gina come on you you were the right yeah, person for work. the talk Hard exactly work. yeah it's true true <laughs> and um yeah then I know that lots of people from you know several people that where they're, they're now talking about going to Ayatafo, which obviously I, I can't make it. So maybe that's a dream. It's been a dream for many years now. Um, but yeah, hey, maybe sooner or later. Maybe next year. But maybe that's next it. year, who knows? It's been, it's been a dream for me for many years as well. And this is my first ever, so. Um... Well, I remember I attended once live, not, I mean streaming, and I used all my data <laughs> because it was a ten, because they, they, yeah there was this opportunity to attend uh, in the streaming and I did because it was a unique opportunity but apart from that yeah no, I haven't been there in person so I am I am quite excited I'm only going for so I'm arriving on the evening of the 18th I've got my talk on the 19th and then I leave on the morning of the 20th because wow. I have to go to Paris because I'm speaking at a climate summit in Paris on the 21st. Oh. So the same, the same climate summit 
and Jane Goodall is going to be there. So, you know, I'm just... Really? Uh, <gasps> yes. Gosh, you need a photo uh, and an autograph. Uh, if I see her, I'm just going to be like, hi, can hi. I touch your face? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh what a privilege. Who, My goodness. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. It's going to be a fun week. So not, not next week, the week after next. So I've got a fair bit of work I need to get done between now and, and next Friday. Uh, luckily, one of my best friends is coming over to visit tomorrow. So, you know, that counts Friday okay. out. <laughs> completely. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, also, fingers crossed. it relaxes crossed. you a bit. You need that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Clear your mind a bit, yeah. Yeah. Right then, before we go, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Hmm, interesting. Um what I will say, well, this is about um, about getting results from uh, social media. So what I would say is um, try to, um, you know, get training if you can. If you cannot afford or outsource your marketing for uh, your language services, get training. But don't um, just do it without looking into... Um, your personas, your objectives, your strategy, because if you, if you don't do that, then what happens is that you will be just posting and wasting time and resources. So um, I would say um, either get training or get someone uh, that understands your sector specifically to do it for you or to do it with you, because you know there are various uh, formulas as well. Um, that would I would say. and. It's not only social media, but it's not marketing. It's not only social media. I think because at the end of the day, it's a school. You're a school, and so also uh, base your try to innovate your courses on education trends, and not because they are trendy, but it's because they are necessary for the future. Um, that's and, and for the times we're living now. That's what I would say. Amazing. Well, thank you very much. So if you are um, struggling, if you are an ELT uh, company or, or an ELT business, then and you're struggling, you know exactly where to look. Um, it's Gina, ELT Marketing Consultant. She's the, the perfect place to start. So do look for her on uh, on LinkedIn and uh, Instagram. Instagram, yeah. I've got my blog as well. Uh, that's a good place to start to uh get an idea uh, and where marketing and education trends are combined <laughs> and it's uh, www.grschoolmarketing.com so gr my initials basically so gina rodriguez so that's it well it's been it's been an absolute pleasure un placer muchísimas gracias uh, grazie mille um Bravo. obrigado there you go i just did all the languages Oh, there you yes. go. <laughs> Look at me, trilingual. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been yes, lovely. Thank you. thank you so thank much. Thank you very much for having me, Harry. I really loved it. It's thanks. great. Um, and yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. We'll be back next week for our last show in a while. Thank you for being here. And uh, we'll, we'll see you and hear you soon. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.